0: That's how you build rivalries and that's how you build atmosphere.
1: Edwards three-pointer is good. This team is right
0: there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on a kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. It's a personnel issue. I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I, I think, and it again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his. You can't, cover. you can't, it, you cannot whiff with this
1: much talent.
0: And I love Texas Tech. This is home, and I get to stay home.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni and joining me once again on this Saturday morning is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing? How's uh how's everything been?
0: It's been good. It's been good. Um, playoffs are going on in high school football right now. Uh, you know, so it's it's kind of been kind of a little bit of a whirlwind. We're trying to get our usual yeah. content up after the postseason, but of course, in addition to college basketball, high school basketball is Officially tipped off um, uh, in both the girls and boys, so it's kind of in the full swing of everything right now.
1: Yeah, it's um, I am less than 100%. So, excuse my voice, it's your flu game, but that's my flu game. I got a cough drop in my mouth, I'll probably pop another one at some point, but. Oh. Uh, I watched way too much basketball this week to not do a podcast. So there you go. you're getting this podcast one way or the other. <laughs> one way or the other, it's it's uh, we got takes, we got takeaways from from these games. Yep. Um, so a lot of games we can, we can get to. Uh, which one do you want to start with?
0: Oh, uh, let's see. Let's start with well. Just to get this out of the way, you because because you watched all of this game and I watched none of this game. Just go off, pop off. This is Bruni's uh, pop off segment. UTSA versus Texas yep. A&M Corpus Christi. Um, just, just get it out the way. Just, 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 just get it out the way. So I watched this
1: game. I watched almost all of it. Um, I texted Ish when it was eleven to three. Yep. And I was like, burn it down, burn it all down, UTSA. You know, I, I was like, UTSA should not be getting beat by A&M Corpus Christi by double digits at all. That was Total my first race. half. That was in the first half. Yeah. And so UTSA actually comes back, takes the lead at the end of the uh 28-25. It was kind of fluky. It was they had some um some free throws and then they hit a late three. And so they took the lead, but really they weren't in control by any means. And then the second half starts. And <laughs> AM I'm sorry, not AM. UTSA just looked like it forgot how to play basketball on both sides of the court. I'm not even joking. They were just hoisting up bad threes, just Jacob Germany was picking up fouls and could didn't couldn't score on Isaac Mushila, who's he who's literally five inches shorter than him. Uh meanwhile Isaac Mushila was just backing him down on the other side. And then a- AM Corpus Christi this game was played in a rec center. I was about to say they, they
0: double booked right they double yeah. booked basically their arena and so they had to play in some rec center,
1: yeah. And it, I think it was basically where the volleyball team plays. So I'm see it's basically the volleyball uh gym, uh, yeah. which is obvious because there's a the volleyball court is very, very prominent on the court, and so it's basically a high school gym with the, the stands on both sides, and they were getting into it, it was loud and I won't say loud, but they were into it, and yeah. these um, these Islanders, man, Travian Tennyson was awesome, eight of thirteen shooting, nine nineteen points. Isaac Mushila, twenty two points, sixteen boards, uh, and they just came in waves, and they were just confident, playing fast, and and UTSA would come down, jack up a shot, and and then would run down the other end and get either a layup or an open three, and I was. It's just so clear to me. UTSA just does not have players on it. Um, no disrespect to everybody on the team here. Uh, DJ Richards led them in scoring, who I think is a transferring as a, a sophomore. No, he's a freshman. No, yeah, he's a freshman. Just straight <laughs> freshman from Side Creek. Uh, led them in scoring with 14 points. Jacob Germany had nine points uh, in 21 minutes. They just don't have dudes, and they shot 7-29 to 29 from three. I – they end up losing by twenty, getting run off the court. That's pretty much it, man. The UTSA is mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I can't even be upset with them the way I was upset with Rice because I didn't have expectations for them, but it's like that meme. It's like we didn't even have expectations, but damn, <laughs> you've somehow underachieved.
0: Right. Yeah. It I guess like you 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 underachieve more or less like in the sense that you would expect them to at least have some kind of identity under Steve Henson. Mm -hmm. And like, I watched, you know, I, I I don't know what I can say with this team. Right. We thought, I guess like you imagined it's kind of like, um, uh, what was the, for the, the hashtag they run with us. Right. So you expect like some up tempo kind of thing and like them kind of more or less like if, if they play like rice, I'd at least get it. Yeah. Right. Like they're trying to push the ball. They're trying to do what they do. I didn't I don't know what this team is or what this team's doing, you know?
1: it, it um, feels like every time we watch them, yeah. there's something different. Like that's they have they have just no cohesion. They're awfully awful coached. They're awful. They're I'm not I don't say awful players, but they're the players are not of the standard to me of conference USA at this point.
0: Yeah, I was about to say the conference has been. gotten so much better than when UTSA was competitive exactly a few years ago. And,
1: like, is there a coach that has benefited more off of two players, like in their careers, where this guy, look at outside of Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace, mm-hmm. you could put together the next top fifteen players outside of those two, and you have like Jacob Germany, and then Jordan Ivy Curry, and then like,
0: and then you have uh, a bunch did, guys, uh, I don't
1: even know if they're Division One players.
0: I was about to say. Well, De, uh, De Nicolao was their point guard. Okay, yeah, De that.
1: Nicolau, Cool. That,
0: that year, the year that they probably should have won the conference, or at least, uh, the, at least their best year. Um, De Nicolao was point guard, and I think that's kind of what. I think him going pro in Italy kind of like really was the downturn of this program because like that forced Javon Jackson to be point guard, and he's just not a point guard. Um, and so they never were the same, even when he left. So yeah, I. But I agree. Like. It, You know, we go from, and again, I think I think the worst thing to happen right now to this program is Karen Aston coming in and just absolutely turning the women's program on its head, right? And bringing in big transfers, bringing them from like literally the bottom to seemingly pretty pretty good in like a year. (laughs) Um, So I think that's also a negative because like what I what I hear a lot of from. A lot of people around UTSA and like fans and some other people that cover the team a lot closer than I do is that well it's money you know like they can't they gave Steve Henson an extension right they can't fire him and then pay, pay him whatever he's owed and then hire somebody else right so they might as well just wait out the contract my thing is and then also there's facility issues right but my thing is that's where the that's where the Karen Aston thing comes in where it's like okay well you got her and she's working with the same facilities, right? I guarantee that they probably have worse facilities than the men do. Um, and you were able to bring in somebody like a Karen Asden. Now it helped that she wasn't coaching at the time, right? She just got, she had just lost the the Texas job. And so like she, well, you didn't have to pry her away from anything, but she's obvious. I feel like she probably could have had other options if she wanted it, right? She didn't have to go from yeah. Texas to UTSA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll have to see about Steve Henson's um, contract extension because I want to say he might be in the second of last year. Um, if he is, then obviously that's usually when people make the decision because nobody goes into the last year of coaching um, a contracts. But, yeah, it's it's bad. It's really bad. Um, hey, if, if they have the money, I mean, you just got beat by a coach who – maybe should be on your radar. <laughs> yeah. Like Steve Lutz has come into Corpus Christi and and turned them into a conference champion right away and he's a good recruiter. Um he's recruited at the highest level with Purdue and man he's he looks he looks like a he looks like a hit right now.
1: Yeah, shout out to a and Corpus Christi, man. They mm-hmm. they looked really really sharp and um I was impressed. I was impressed yeah. with how they played. I mean I, I watched them against Mississippi State. Um, you know, fight with them, like I said last podcast, and so then they come over here. And first half was not wasn't wasn't fun to watch by any means yeah. uh, on either side. And then the second
0: half, they just kind of started really looking looking them. something up really quick might make UTSA fans a little happy. Native San Antonio, Steve Lutz, Steve Lutz, <laughs> Incarnate Word uh, alum. Okay, so okay. so there you go. Mm. There you go. Well, um, let me see. I'm trying to figure out where he went to school though because. But yeah, like, it, it, look, I'm just saying, right? He, he's yeah. Corpus Christi. They're doing a great job, and I know. Understand, UTSA doesn't have a lot of money. You can pay him more than Corpus Christi probably can. Um, so uh, it's maybe one to put a put a little pin in. Yeah, put a pin in it. Um, all right. I have a
1: question. I did not watch this game. Mm-hmm. TCU Lamar. Yeah, seventy-seven to sixty-six TCU. Um, okay. They won by double digits, but at the same time, should they be beating Lamar by more than eleven points?
0: I think so. Um, I, I also, so it's hard for me to evaluate Lamar because like they just wiped their roster clean. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, basically a bunch of new. Dude. Like I'm not saying they're world beaters now, but like I do wonder. Like I don't know. I I I do wonder like if this is just a slightly better team than than they were a year ago um well last year they won two games i was about to say last year they were really bad and then Alvin like, books is like enough of all of that and then just like everybody um but i will credit, say like i think for, for this tomorrow. one for me know. tcu this one was a little bit more about because let's let's face it right tcu looked really bad against uh was it, uapb um and they a team that's not gonna win the southland or the SWAT conference right at all um and so i think for me at least this game was more about tcu getting back on track they're not i yes they should be beating lamar by more but they were i never saw this game and i was like i was never like they're in danger of losing it if that made sense um even when they were cl- even when it was close-ish right i got into it i think first they were within like sure. three for a little bit of the first half i was it never felt like it to me it felt like tcu was good enough to just like keep this going and it never felt like the game was in danger at least to me i don't know that's probably just me being you know uh, uh overconfident in tcu potentially but i never saw this game I was like oh tcu they're getting i'm, I'm a little worried um I don't know. Mike miles was able to get, I think the, the best thing I saw was that Mike miles was it wasn't him having to go hero ball. All of his shots were easy. All of his shots came to him. Uh, Emmanuel Miller similarly, like they shot fantastic. I thought GCU played the three balls still a concern. They shot like 32% or not even 32, like 25%. (laughs) Um, but they were getting every other shot very easily. And so I think if I had to trust TCU, I think defensively they'll turn it on. I think they'll be fine. But against UAPB, a team that shot the ball very well to start the first half, that was my concern with TCU was if you get into a shooting match, if you get into a a sprint out, things like that in transition, can you find easy shots? And then this one, they were finding easy shots. So I knew eventually defense would come come through and they just kind of keep the lead um, padded.
1: TCU's lucky I, could, I couldn't watch this. After they went final. You would
0: have had some takes.
1: After after they went final, I looked it up on ESPN to try to watch it, and yeah. it wasn't there, and I was sick, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to sleep. So you're lucky I didn't couldn't watch this because you know what the spread was, ish? What? Do you want to take a guess at what the spread was for this game? 14. 33. What? That is – 33. That's disrespectful to <laughs> Alvin Lamar won two games last year. I, know. I don't oh, care if they so brought in right. the damn Power Rangers to freaking play for them. This is, this is <laughs> this. This should not be an eleven-point game, and it was like a five-point game the entire first half until the end. Like yeah. they that they couldn't separate, they couldn't separate from Lamar, and so now well, they, we have oh, yeah, yeah, you know, That's the thing. Marcus. They couldn't
0: stop. They couldn't get stops. That was the thing. Um. I will say the thing that I did like from TCU that I saw was they got in transition a lot more. Like they basically let Mike miles like really push like go a lot of like one on two, one on three and Trent, like, and he was, he was hitting, he was getting it right. Um, It wasn't just like Russell Westbrook, throw his body and like the ball goes off the backboard or something. Um, So I wonder if that was something that they saw against UAPB that maybe they could take more advantage of Um. So yeah, I don't know, but I—I I mean, trust me, I agree. Like they should be beating Lamar by a lot. Um, maybe it's just a slow start, because again, that—that's—I don't know. I, I still don't want to worry about TCU yet, because I don't know. But then again, like I said, like we said during the previous show, this was the team that was kind of like okay last year until the tournament.
1: That—that's what—that's what I'm waiting to see. I'm yeah. waiting to see the top 15 TCU team that we've been told about. I'm right. waiting to see the the jump. This is yeah. looking like the same team as last year. This isn't, they got I got to see the jump at some point here. Yeah. And even if they blow out Northwestern State and ULM, that won't completely comfort me, but at least show me that they're capable of doing this. Like you sure. allowed 72 to Pine Bluff, 66 to Lamar. Yeah. I just don't think you should be allowing that many points um, to these teams. That's fair. So, That's fair. all right. Um, real quick uh, SMU Dayton was a really fun game. Uh, SMU. It, they lo- they lose by 12, but it really was closer than 12. They came back a few times, and it's pretty evident to me that the core of this team is just going to be Zach Nuttall, Samuel Williamson, Zurich, Phelps, and Feodigi, mm-hmm. uh, And then you kind of rotate in the rest from there, which I, I, at its core, I think that's a pretty good group of four mm-hmm. uh, to to have. So, I mean, all those guys shot 12 or more times. The rest of the team shot a combined 10 times. So, um, and FAODG had a really poor game shot, two of twelve from the field. Uh, Phelps shot four of sixteen, and they were still in the game. So um, I actually left that game pretty high on SMU because Dayton is a you know was ranked top twenty five. Um yep. But uh, they end up losing by twelve. I think is a pretty solid result for SMU in year one.
0: I saw both uh, tech teams play, um, and I'm I kind of came away. Like they didn't play tough schedule, tough games, right? But I think I came away with pretty optimistic on both ends with the with the men. I think I underestimated one how differently I think Mark Adams wants this team to play offensively. They spread the ball out a little bit more yeah. than I probably anticipated. Um, they were again it was Northwestern State and it was Texas Southern, but in both games there was a lot more drive and kick going on than compared to last year. It wasn't just the scrappy. It wasn't just the Chris Beard style of kind of work the ball around the interior of the three point line. If you can get, you know, maybe one or two players on the outside, cool, you know, but for the most part, we're going to kind of like get the dirty work points, get something on the inside. Right. Um, I wonder how much of that has to do with Fardas not being available. Right. I wonder if they yeah. maybe wanted to play that style and just are just adjusting. Um, but I don't know, man. This team can shoot a little bit. Um, I think I also underestimated how, how the potential of Davion Harmon on defense. We talked about his offense and decision making and all that stuff. That's still a little bit of a concern. I think he did actually pretty okay. I think he had like eight assists or seven assists in both uh, combined through both games. Okay. Um, but defensively, he's athletic as hell and he's just a pest. Like <laughs> he reminds me like. He's not as disciplined as a Reggie Miller, but he's that type of active player where it's like, if, he, if Mark Adams wants to turn on a press, okay, Davion Harmon, somebody who can just be there for 90 feet, you know? Um, so I think that was something I completely, under, I completely overlooked when we were talking about his offense all year, all yeah. season. It was like, oh yeah, this dude's also like insanely athletic and can just shut down another guard if he really commits to defense. So I'll be excited to see that. But uh, yeah, Texas Tech, uh, they shot 38 from three against Northwestern State, and then I'm trying to figure who they shot against Southern, uh, a lot worse, but <laughs> it was 20- 30%. But they're getting those shots and they're looking for those shots more than I think that they were last year. Last year it felt like a lot of scramble balls, you know, a lot of uh,
1: early early Bryson clock. Edwards a little bit more. It was it was different. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, I'm, I don't know. I'm curious to see what this team looks like mm-hmm. when maybe they're trying to generate more of those open looks.
1: This is a classic case to me. This team without Fardaws to yeah. me, is just a high floor, low ceiling team. Like, I think it's a pretty consistent... You yeah. know what you're going to get every single night with this group. Um, I still... I'm pr- relatively low on them without Fardos,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh just because I just don't think they have what it takes to like flip it to the next level. Sure. With Davion Harmon, Jalen Tyson. Uh I think Bacho is actually a pretty good body to have on the side. I was about inside. to say
0: Bacho, Bacho decent. He had seven yeah. and four against uh, Texas Southern. And then he had what was it? Twelve and twelve and twelve and ten against yeah. um Northwestern State. So yeah you know so if, if, if he just becomes a solid big for them right maybe that that range 8 to 9 points a game 6, six to 8 rebounds a game hey man that's good
1: yeah um texas southern was without pj henry as well which is worth noting mm-hmm. um watched a bit of this game uh so tech took care of business 78 uh, 54 which we questioned if you know texas southern could give them give them run for their money they're just too solid defensively mm-hmm. really that's what it came down to
0: yep uh one and so and moving on to the women really quick. Oh, wait, this wait. Is one more one more yeah, men game. Go for it, go for it.
1: Uh Baylor beat Norfolk State. Um mm. I saw a little bit of this. Um, there were some awful refereeing calls, which I tweeted about. But um the the my only takeaway, eight well, not only, I have a few. Keontae George, very, very good, as we yes. knew. The backcourt is awesome. The front court is as concerning as we thought it was gonna be coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a backup center for Thamba. Name it Josh something, he's a freshman. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't trust it. I don't trust him there in that spot yet. So, mm-hmm. you better hope Thamba doesn't get in foul trouble because you're you they need Flothamba. they they just talking about as far as players teams need, mm-hmm. there's not many in the state of Texas that that surpassed uh, Flo Thompson. Like, I, the drop-off from Flo Thompson to everybody else on their team, yes. as oh, far as baseball, it's huge. So that, those are my takeaways from that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, actually, now that you mentioned it, one more game, the men's game that I did see was Texas State. Um, of course, they played at NII at school, so not much takeaway other than, like, lineups and more or less. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did want to hint on, Avion Sykes is that dude. I really think so. He scored 10 points in the opener against Washington State. He is very mature defensively for a freshman. Came in from Duncanville. He was a star that I believe he was a three-time state champion at Duncanville. He was a starter, I think. I know last year he was a starter. Um, I think he might have been a starter his junior year as well. But he's come in and he's seemingly fit in. They're playing him a lot right away. Mason Harrell is going to have to be a – basically taking up the scoring role a lot more than that. I, like I expected, uh, being the senior, um, leader on this team, but yeah, Davion Sykes pretty damn good right away. Um, some polish that need, that's needed. He needs to work on a jump shot probably, but right now, man, he's coming in and he's very active. Um, moving on to the women's side really quick. I, so I went to, I saw Texas tech, and my cat's going crazy right now. Um, <laughs> um, I saw Texas Tech, and for a team that we last year, their whole their whole deal was, what is this team week to week? They came in and they started against Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi. Yeah, she's going. And, she's going crazy. Oh my cat! Yeah, he my cat is losing it. All right, I put him down. Um <laughs> uh, they came in against Corpus Christi. A team that's pretty good, right? They won their conference lot, or the, the yeah. they were second in their conference. Did they win. Uh it was them and Houston Christian. I don't know. Houston remember Christian, who I knew it was, was, but game. so one of the best teams in their conference. Yeah. Sneaky, right? Didn't probably expect Texas Tech to win, but still sneaky game. They came out and blew them out by 20, and they looked really good. Like Texas Tech. I still, I'm still concerned about them in the big 12 because, yep. and this is still a team that does not have that player, right? Like, like they had with Vivian Gray last year, but, but they have a lot of contributors and my girl, Katie Farrell, five points, six rebounds, three assists, four steals. That's what you do. That's what you do.
1: That's what she does.
0: That's what Katie Farrell does. <laughs> um... I don't know. I came away pretty impressed with just the consistency overall. Riley McKinney, 11 points. Uh, Bailey Malpan, freshman, 11 points. They're going to play a lot of players this year. I really feel that. And I think they just look more cohesive and it just looks like they came out slow, right? I believe there was like, it was a really slow start. I believe it was like 16 to six, but then Bailey Malpan off the bench as a freshman came in and just looked fantastic. And all of a sudden, they had the lead before, I believe, um, before the middle of the second quarter, and they just didn't look back. It stayed there and it bloomed, and by the halftime, they were up by almost twenty, and it was just good to go. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm going to put a little pin in Texas Tech just because I'm still concerned about their lack of a, a premier go-to player, but. I don't know. I I was. I came very. I came away very impressed after being potentially concerned with uh, this home opener.
1: All right, put a pin in it. That's gonna be our new new segment. Yeah, put a pin in it. Put a pin (laughs) in it. it.
0: Uh, I did not. Did you watch Rice SFA? I did not. It was on CUSA TV, um, and neither team and neither neither program has a video. I'm assuming because neither program could get a video of it. (laughs) Neither program has like a highlight video of it. But uh, Rice. We thought they'd be good right but this is a hell of a win um i don't know if i want to be concerned with sfa yet yeah i mean the
1: mm, okay this i kind of look at them this is to me this might be another high floor lower ceiling team i still think they're going to be really good mm-hmm. so maybe they have a little bit higher ceiling than like you know the texas tech men but they're going to be a high floor team that's going to come that's going to bring it every night I just don't know how high their ceiling is without Stephanie Fisher. That's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out.
0: That's fair. Um, our friends at the Roost, um, they they did a pretty good write-up of it. Uh, it took Malia. So Malia Fisher was the star of this game. 18 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, it took. It was only two quarters for her to grab her double-double, um, which I thought was fantastic. But that's a great sign for for Rice. Lindsay Edmonds, of course, we had them tabbed for a pretty good year. Um they were kind of middle of the pack in Quse last year and we're probably expecting them to punch towards the top um you know at least kind of make their way into that race but yeah, I am I'm very excited to see this rise team now. Yes. I think the thing with I think the thing for me and I that's quote unquote concerning for SFA is that this is again Visher? Obviously, they don't have, but this is still more or less the team that we kind of saw the past couple of years. And they're not as sharp, particularly defensively. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I these are two teams that we were high on to start the season, uh, UTSA and Rice. So I'm not gonna say that they're you know absolutely done for, but it doesn't get like they get Texas Southern who we know they should beat, but can fill it up and then they get UNT. And so it's like, it, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I'm going to watch, I'm definitely going to watch the UNT game just because I'm really interested to see is one is conference USA just really good this year or is SFA taking a little bit of a, like you mentioned, um, a lower, lower ceiling to where they're just taking a step back as a whole. Yeah. Um,
1: I did not watch it, but Baylor beat Incarnate Word on the women's side without Dreanna Edwards and Caleb Bickle. Uh, Asia Blackwell, twenty-three points, ten boards. Uh, they did start two freshmen at their fourth spots. Now, obviously, with Edwards back, I assume she takes you know one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but that score, I thought I would mention while we're here. Um, and then the game I watched on the women's side, or the I should say, I watched the first half, most of the first half, and M women. Beat AM Corpus M Corpus Christi 69-45. and by the first quarter and quarter and a half, I knew what it was at this mm. point. Those freshmen, Janiah Barker and Sydney Bowles, shoot so much. Oh. I don't have the final stats up for me. Actually, yes, I do have them over here. Uh, but um, in the first quarter, Barker and and Bowles, Bowles, I'm sorry, Sydney Bowles. I don't know why I said Bowles Bowles. Sydney Bowles. They were just pulling. Everything Bowles from three Barker from the mid post, and uh, they looked really, really good. And so, I am I'm I knew AM was going to be significantly better this year, mm-hmm. uh, if nothing else, just because you have a coach that has a little bit of energy to her. Um, but defensively, I was impressed. Uh, Janiah Barker looks really good, Sydney B- uh, Bowles looks really good. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a really solid AM team. I, I still don't know, you know, where they finish in the SEC, but I was, I was really impressed. Janai Barker's a hooper. Bowles is a hooper. They got, they got players.
0: The one thing I will say, another thing about a this year. So we have the early signing period and they raked up another good class. Mm-hmm. So they signed number one player in the state, Kelly Marshall from Lake Ridge. Uh, they signed Erica Moon, who was another four-star player, top, uh, top 100. There was another one they flipped. Soul Williams from Princeton uh, High School in Ohio. She was a top 50 recruit. Let me see. I think she was – I want to say she was Syracuse, and she flipped the day of to A&M. And so Joni Taylor is on a roll right now. Uh, yeah, that was one thing I wanted to hint on, because I just I remember seeing that come across my screen because I didn't expect them to get – her as well. Um, I want to say ESPN might still have her like technically like to Syracuse because people thought it was like a guarantee, but yeah, she was a late day signee as well. I think she signed like in the afternoon when everybody else is in the morning. Um, So yeah, they've inked another great class. Obviously we'll see what else they can put together because this is the early signing period. So they can, you know, we can sign as many as they want uh, after that, but yeah, it, man, they're hitting the ground running again. Uh, after already putting together this last good 2022 class,
1: and um I'll say A&M Corpus Christi, I'm not really concerned about. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think they're 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 a good team. They they're, 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 their they're offense, their offense their offense looks really uh, crisp. It's mm-hmm. just I don't know. A&M's defense was was a little bit too much for them. I mean, oh, yeah. put them in conference, they're gonna yeah they should roll. So
0: one of the games I did uh, I was keeping track of was Texas and Louisiana yes uh, particularly because rory harman apparently yeah. battling a little bit of an injury um she did not play and uh, that was i think that was broken by danny davis the, the at game time at tip off basically or maybe an hour before when they saw the lineup um that she was not starting and she did not play texas still took care of business i thought they again this is still a team that I don't want to say without Rory Harmon because that's still, that's a huge loss, but I think the fact, the roster additions that they made make this team just better, right? If last year, if Rory Harmon's out, I probably wouldn't pencil them to be that good. Um, but with players like Shay Holly, I believe Shay or Shea, Shea uh, Gonzalez um, in that backcourt now, actually I will mention Shay Holly. Shea Holly actually played like, basically the entire game she played like 40 minutes um which is somebody that they're gonna have to probably rely on a little bit more especially since Kendall Hunter is still out I don't know with what they haven't said anything about injury or what um I wonder if it's something else because they're recruiting a lot of guards (laughs) um in addition to obviously the transfer portal but like they just signed Gisela Mall a four-star from Cedar Park in this new recruiting class so I wonder if it's something else with her potentially. Um, but anyway, Shay Holly played forty minutes, was so the most of anybody in the game. Uh, I believe she led the team in score. No, Taylor Jones led the team in scoring with twenty one. Um, but Shay Holly had ten points. And uh, yeah, it, it, Texas dominated. They looked really, really good. Louisiana should be really good this year. So that's a really impressive blowout win for Texas. But um, yeah, I. I I don't know I'm a little I'm a little interested to see because if Rory Harmon's out for any significant period of time that obviously changes what's going on here with Texas they, they
1: play Yukon on on like Monday or something like that <sighs> that
0: is true geez and they, so,
1: they said yeah. they don't know if uh if she's gonna be back for that yet so um uh, yeah so we'll, yeah we'll we'll see we'll
0: see we'll, um we'll see. I know Khadija Faye was battling a little bit of an injury after the after the game as well she had to leave with a knee injury so you know that front court which is what we thought we thought was pretty deep um there goes one of your experienced players um but um if amina muhammad we mentioned her the freshman she played another 20 plus minute game if she's ready to go you know then there's there's some more there's some definitely some big time front court help Um, with her, Leah Moore, and um, Deanna Gaston, and Taylor Jones. So like, you know, with those additions in the offseason, they had five rotational bigs that could potentially, um, you know, they should potentially be okay.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, Well, that's all I got. I think that's
0: Yeah, man, it's still, still, still early. Um, It's kind of, we're kind of like, <laughs> the, there's not too many huge games on the in, no. in the men or women side yet, no. so we're just we're still kind of like watching blowouts or keeping track of like scary close scores between teams that we think should be blowouts.
1: <laughs> or, or watching UTSA and M, A&M Corpus Christi. Listen
0: in in a, in a rec center gym. <laughs> this is amazing. This is why we're here. Listen, UTSA is used to playing in a pretty bad gym. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's probably louder than anything they've they've heard in a while. <laughs>
0: As far as I no know. Comment.
1: Um, but yeah, I think that's uh that's all we got for y'all. Uh this week, like I said, Texas, UConn play on Monday. Utep men play New Mexico State, I believe either today or tomorrow. So that'll be something worth monitoring. Yep. Um yeah, we'll see North Texas play Saint Mary's on the road, which will not be fun. Uh, I'm not sure if Tyler Perry's gonna be back or not. So if he's not playing, might not be might not be pretty for for the men. <laughs> over there um but yeah that's all we got did i miss anything anything else before we go
0: i was trying to think no i think we're good i think i was trying to see if there was any other <clears throat> significant scores uh, or significant um games coming out by the time we'll record next but I um more i wrote down
1: good. on the women's side am corpus christi ut arlington texas state sam houston and abilene christian and rice nice so i wrote those down so I will
0: say uh, one little Texas tie um, TCU is uh, unfortunately going to get fed to North Carolina, but uh, Deja Kelly, uh, former Duncanville star. She's, she's incredible. Um, if you want to, people want to look at her before probably in her last year, as she gets ready for the WNBA draft, but uh, yeah, it's not going to be, that's not going to be a close one, <laughs> but if you want to watch Deja, Deja Kelly is really good. She's one of the most smooth players I think I've seen in a while. So if you want to watch her, Fed to uh,
1: North Carolina is hilarious. Yeah. So for TCU. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a that's a thing. I'm trying to think, do we have Tuesday any games? Um, we're going to at the Tuesday schedule right now. Um, I did. doesn't look. Oh, Baylor versus SMU on the women's side. Women's interesting. Interested. Could be you interesting.
1: Know? Yeah, if, if Asia plays.
0: Yeah, maybe. I'll be interested in that one. That's on Tuesday, yeah. so yeah, that's one to keep a little pin in as well.
1: Put a, pin, put a pin in it.
0: Put a pin. Put a pin, baby.
1: Let's put go. a pin in it. <laughs> um. All right. That's all we got for y'all this week. Uh. We hope y'all. Or this week uh, on this episode. Uh. We'll be back early next week to uh recap the weekend and uh, look ahead. As always. Um. So yeah. If you enjoyed it, leave it a five star rating review wherever you're listening. Uh. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. Uh. That continues to grow. We appreciate the support there. And uh. Yeah. For Ishmael Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruni, and we'll talk to y'all later.